0: Other side at midnight. Local spotlight. Go. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. Well, a big win on Friday and huge news. In a case that we have been covering, a story that we've been covering for over a year, a judge permanently banned the switch to Medicare Advantage for the city's retirees. The Adams administration had intended to switch 250,000 retired public sector workers to a controversial privately run healthcare plan on September 1st. Now, this was not only unfair because these are people that were made a promise, these are people that these are people that took a job with the expectation of certain retirement benefits and you can't just pull the rug out from under them. But what I had been saying and a lot of other people have been saying is that it's also illegal well as expected based on my reading of the law and on previous rulings judge lyle frank issued a final order enjoining joining the city from removing municipal retirees medicare supplemental insurance and switching them to a mediocre medicare advantage plan. What happens next? Next, the city is expected to appeal. And I hope that Judge Frank's decision will withstand any appeal because New York City's administrative code is unambiguous, section 12-126, if you want to look it up yourself, in protecting this essential benefit. You're not going to hear me say this often, but I think city controller Brad Lander has it absolutely right here. Today's ruling is a big win for retirees who worked hard for the city for decades, uh, and many of whom already have healthcare providers are on this plan. I join with the com sense caucus of the city council, and by the way, the progressives on the city council. This is one of those rare instances where you had conservative Republicans partnering with far left-wing liberal Democrats, all to say, no, you can't simply turn your back on the city's retirees, the retired cops, firefighters, teachers, sanitation workers that have given so much to our city and were made promises about what their retirement would have in store for them. I know a lot of retirees are in this audience right now, and many of you have worked Worked very hard on this. I know Ellen Metzger has been very vocal on this. So I hope this court order compels union leadership and the Adams administration to come back to the negotiating table to find health insurance savings without diminishing the benefits New York retirees have earned. Beam me up! To be continued. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, NYC. The other side of midnight. 77. Local spotlight. Good! Tomorrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Marano. Well, a real superstar is the incredible singer Lady Gaga. She is more than a superstar. She's an icon. She is one of the most popular female singers in the world. And a lot of people don't know this, but her father is actually a restaurateur here in New York City. And now, believe it or not, her father, Joe Germanata, is leading the charge against unruly migrants living near his Upper West Side home and his restaurant. He says that they're flooding the ritzy neighborhood with a constant stream of hookers and other bad behaviors. He's lived in the Pythian Building on West 70th Street for 35 years. It's where he raised his two daughters, including Lady Gaga. He told the New York Post... If it was like this when my girls were growing up, I wouldn't be living in New York. And so now he's compiling a list of local residents' concerns to take two lawmakers, the NYPD, and the homeless services in protest. He also opened a restaurant in the uh, community that we're talking about in 2012. About six weeks ago, the city quietly and quickly transformed the Stratford Arms Hotel, a residence hall for the American Musical and Dramatic Academy, down the block from his home, into a shelter for hundreds of migrants. And according to what Joe Germanata is saying, it was a total stealth operation. They were bust in in the middle of the night, like when they flew them into Westchester, they didn't want anybody to know what was going on. It all happened pretty rapidly. So he says, since the arrival of the migrants, the quality of life in the area has taken a hit. There's now impromptu block parties outside the hotel that last into the early morning, prostitution, children get getting getting catcalled, reckless e-bikes and motor scooter drivers wreaking havoc on one-way streets. He says there's now 500 migrants living in that dormitory, and that's when all the mayhem began. I really feel for Joe Germanata here, but unfortunately, at the rate that migrants are coming into this city and the way that the state, the city, and the federal government all seem completely ill-equipped to deal with this, you're going to hear the same song that Lady Gaga's father is singing in every neighborhood in this city, and that is a real shame. Beam me up! To be continued. Families have a lot going on. Local Spotlight. I am frequently asked on this program... If I could do radio at another time slot, would I prefer that? And the God's honest truth is no. I love overnight radio. I'm passionate about overnight radio. I love doing it. I love being on it. And I used to love listening to it. And there's been a few people over the years that have done overnight radio very, very well. They understood that kind of magical balance of theater in the mind, the need to entertain and inform and recognize that this is a day part different than any other. People like Art Bell. People like like Alan Combs, people like Brian Whitman, people like my friend Curtis Lewa, people like Jay Diamond. One of the people that did it better than anybody was Doug McIntyre. And Doug McIntyre has been a guest on the show several times. He may be with us uh, tomorrow as well. He will be with us tomorrow, at least for a uh, full hour. And he is a brilliant communicator. Well, now Doug, who actually got his start as a writer, has a new book out. It's his first novel. It's called Frank's Shadow. Now, why am I mentioning this? Well, for starters, we're going to talk about it tomorrow. But I am actually going to be emceeing a or hosting q and A Q&A with Doug McIntyre on Wednesday, Wednesday, August sixteenth at six p.m. It's going to be at the Barnes and Noble at Carl Place, ninety one Old Country Road at Carl Place. So if you want to come down, you can uh, get Doug to sign your book. You can meet Doug. He's in from California. You could meet me, although I'm not that difficult to meet, and Most important, you can have a really interesting discussion with Doug and with me about the book, Frank's Shadow. It's not about me, it is more about Frank Sinatra. We will get into that in a big way. It's gotten rave reviews, don't tell anybody, I have not read it yet. But I'm hoping to do a binge reading session between now and Wednesday and hopefully you'll learn a lot more about it tomorrow and even more if you come to this uh, live Q&A that I'm hosting on Wednesday evening. Frank's Shadow by Doug McIntyre, Wednesday, August sixteenth at six p.m., ninety-one Old Country Road, the Barnes and Noble at Carl Place. Beam me up to be continued. The other side of midnight. 77 Local spotlight. Let me get this out of the way. I am very. Pro-tenant. I know what it's like to have a landlord that is treating you unfair. I have seen many, many tenants over the years be exploited by landlords that are just not doing the right thing. That being said, this latest initiative by several members of the City Council, the New York City Council, is just lunacy. And it's being done in the names of helping tenants. is going to do nothing except create more bureaucracy and create more of an opportunity. ...opportunity for certain landlords to be fined. An interesting article this weekend in the New York Post. Far-left members of the City Council want to propose this bill... ...that would require property owners to provide tenants with contact information... ...for all elected officials representing their respective neighborhoods. Under the bill, which was introduced last week by Brooklyn City Councilwoman... ...Jennifer Gutierrez, landlords would be required to supply new and existing tenants with hard copy notices listing the names, office addresses and phone contacts for all federal, state and city politicians representing their neighborhood. All of the information is already accessible for free through the Board of Elections, other government agencies, or simply just looking on the internet. If someone wants to know who their elected official is at any level of government, you can just go online and type in, who is my senator? Who is my councilman? Who is my congressman? You put in your address and boom! It pops up in a matter of 20 seconds. So Gutierrez told the New York Post, the idea is really to empower tenants to know how they can access information. Well, why stop just there? Why stop at just telling them who their elected officials are? Why not also tell them where they go to the post office? Why not also have a printout of where the public libraries are, or the nearest public parks, or where they go to register to vote, or where the nearest public museums are? This is just so stupid. And by the way, the elected officials in these communities get Get to mail to all these residents for free. They get to mail for free. If the elected officials really want the tenants to know who they are, send them some mail. This is so stupid. It's an opportunity to get free advertising on the part of some, and it's an opportunity on the part of others to try to find another way to find landlords. Either way, this is a big mistake, and I hope this bill does not pass. Beam me up! 2B continues.